You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learn. Abdacha, Austin, Shotakizadi. It's infield to Mare, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1 0. Bufal shot. Oh my word. It's unbelievable. He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It'd be very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markson. I'm the host of the show. No matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thank you for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. And one way you can enjoy the show now is directly on the show's website at southhamptondelivery.com. There are links there to subscribe to whatever podcast app you use. Um, And if you have any feedback on it, I'd be very, very grateful. And that is just one of the new things that we are offering here. So uh, in addition to the podcast and the new website, there's also a new newsletter that goes out each Friday that will uh, kind of wrap up the week in news. And each newsletter will also have an article uh, that I hope that you will enjoy written by usually someone other than me uh, that gives them a chance to just uh, write something related to the team. It doesn't necessarily have to be related to an upcoming match or something, but some sort of longer piece that you may not read uh, anywhere else. So uh, hopefully that you find that enjoyable. Um, You can subscribe to that. There are links on the website and in the show notes and everything else. So uh, obviously Saints were not in action this week. It was the FA Cup fifth round fixtures, but I got a chance to catch up with Tom Murray and Tom is on Twitter at T214Murray and he is part of the volunteer team of commentators commentates for the blind and partially sighted fans at Southampton home games. So anytime you're at St. Mary's for a home match, uh, Tom and the team will be there doing, um, providing commentary. And they do that under the direction and guidance of Alan March sport. And it was really nice to be able to talk to Tom about everything from how he prepares for games to how we got into commentary and football in the first place. Um, as well as just what it's like to be up there and, and the job they try and do, uh, for the fans who, um, are unable to see the action that's going on in the field. So uh, it was really nice to talk to Tom about that. We do talk a little bit uh, about the team as well towards the end of the show, uh, but this was mostly focused on the service they provide uh, and, and what that's like from Tom's perspective. Um, and I think it's a fantastic uh, service that Alan March Sport is providing, and I'm so thrilled to be able to talk to Tom about it. So I, I hope that you enjoy it. And uh, maybe part of the reason that it was so uh, enjoyable for me is because we've had Steve and Dan Jarvis, who um, the club did a little thing on uh, not too long ago. We've had them on the show to be able to talk to them about uh, the bond they share through football. And of course, uh, Steve uh, has lost his sight as a result of an accident. And Dan and him uh, have a very special bond that football um, over football and, 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 and a number of other things. So anyway, I hope that you enjoy this with Tom. If you want to get in touch with Tom, you can do so, like I said, on Twitter at T214Murray. Also, if you or someone you know would like to use the audio description service, there's a link in the show notes to the Southampton website or the page on the Southampton website that has all the links for that. So with that said, let's get into the interview with Tom. Uh, Thanks for joining us as always, and I hope that you enjoy it. 
We'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Tom Murray. You can find him on Twitter at T14Murray. And he's a commentator for Alan March Sport, uh, does all the Saints home games. Uh, Tom, uh, the Saints are off this weekend, uh, FA Cup and all that. They've been in Tenerife. Uh, lots to talk about, but thanks for joining me and welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, yeah no, my pleasure, man. Um, I don't know if you do this. I, I feel like uh, we were just talking, you know, uh, t- 10 seconds ago, and I feel like I've flipped a switch into to podcast voice. I don't know if you do that when you're in the booth or not. Yeah, when we're doing the commentary, we're having a bit of banter between each other. And then as soon as we go live, it's straight into straight into the game. Yeah, it's it's the way it goes. Um, so, I mean, I have I have a lot of questions and we'll talk about uh, the kind of the service that Alan March Sport provides and your role in that. But before we do any of that, and of course, we'll talk about the team, too. But before we do any of that, let's let's get to know you just just a little bit. Um, I often have the assumption that anybody who grew up in the U.K., played football from, you know, they were basically born and handed one. Um, and so for you, is that the case? Did football kind of play a, a big role in your household growing up? It's actually quite different. Uh, none of my family members were much into football. My dad has always been more of a rugby fan. And I, until the age of 10, was completely immune to football. I only saw people at school play it. And to be fair, it never really interested me. And then it's it's a strange story, but one day I uh, I finally managed to uh, get my parents to get me a PlayStation 2. And after playing lots of racing games, adventure games, I thought, well, people are playing football games, so why not I get I get one myself, see what all the fuss is about. And I got Pro Evolution Soccer 2, and that got me into football. I was I, I was hooked, and I'd never really played it before, uh, played played in uh, in real life, but I just thought. I want to get out there. I want to, I want to join in. See, I mean, I'm a little bit older than a lot of the kids that are playing FIFA and, and my students, my high school students are always like, do you play FIFA? And I'm like, yeah, like if, you know, last day of school, whatever, like the kids will bring it in, we'll play on the, on the projector and stuff like that. And they're always, they're always a little bit surprised because they want to take it easy on me a little bit. And then they're a little bit surprised. They're like, Hey, I'm actually not terrible, but I can say that as you were, as I was playing FIFA and I had my, uh, my created player or whatever, cause I didn't know, I, I somehow wound up in that game mode, didn't know how to get out of it. So I just went on with this career. Uh, I wound up playing for Sunderland and I'm so glad that I didn't make the mistake of uh, joining that red and white striped team um, with, with my allegiance. So uh, things would have been much, much different. Yeah, no, uh, um, especially uh, with the predicament that Sunderland find themselves in at the moment. I, I, I don't know how I actually got, uh, into Southampton, I don't think I, I, I. The team I used to play with, because obviously the early Pro Evo games didn't have the licenses for the actual Premier League teams. I think it was London Blue for Chelsea. So I just stuck with the international teams and just played as England constantly. Okay, all right. See, playing with the US wasn't always that fun. Um, so we had to we had to mix it up a little bit. So, um, but yeah, I mean that's that, I mean that's an interesting story. So, is your dad now that you are are doing the work that you're doing, you're commentating and stuff? Or is, is he a bit more into it, or is it he's still a rugby fan and that's kind of the the way it goes? No, he's very much into uh, football now because when we started going to uh, started going to games, obviously I was quite young at the time, so he he would take me. And he's very much a Southampton fan now. I go if I go as a fan to the games, I'll go with uh, uh, some of my friends. But if they're not available, then my dad will happily come along and cheer, cheer on the Saints. He's very much a Southampton fan. He wouldn't, he wouldn't dare support anyone else. All right, all right. And I guess where did you grow up in England, or did you grow up outside of England, or was it, is it, was it always around the, the Southampton area? I was actually born in Belgium, but moved into the UK when I was about two. 
but, uh, but since then, we've always lived in the south of England in a place called the New Forest. It's a national park in the UK, uh, very south centrally. And it's about where I live is actually halfway in between Bournemouth and Southampton. So my friends, when I went to school in Bournemouth, were saying, well, I think Bournemouth might be a little bit closer. So Southampton aren't your local team. See, uh, now when I was going down on the train from London to uh, Southampton for the the day when we were there, when we saw the England women's national team play and all that stuff um, last, last, uh, I guess last spring, so almost a year ago, the, the older couple uh, that was riding down on the train, sitting across from my kids, they were, uh, they were from Bournemouth and they were the nicest people. Once the the guy kind of saw my, my, my Jersey that I was wearing and he goes, Hey, you know, um, are you a football fan? And so we got to talking and, and so that's my one interaction with anybody from Bournemouth and they were great. So I have, a, uh, I just ignore some of the people online and then I think, I think the town town sounds nice. So whatever. Yeah, no, they, but they, the fans from Bournemouth, I, I, I've always liked Bournemouth as a club and going to school in Bournemouth, especially a lot of the time Bournemouth were below Southampton. So I would always look out for their results and hope, hope they did well. And a lot of my friends would support Bournemouth. And now, now it's more of a rivalry between my friends who I still keep in touch with because obviously Bournemouth have overtaken us somewhat in the last couple of years. So there's a bit of banter going on there, but I've always had a soft spot for them. I wouldn't actively want them relegated unless, of course, it was either us or them. Right, right. And it seems like a lot of Saints fans feel that way. You know, it's, it's the other team that we won't talk about that uh, nobody likes. And that's, I think it should stay that way. Um, I did enjoy, I think they... Uh, They've had a couple of results. Uh, they've just been kind of falling apart. So it's been uh, it's been fun. And we actually get that channel here. Um, so if it looks like they'll lose, I'll tune in just for the end of the game so I can see disappointment. Uh, and that's probably not the nicest thing for me to say, but that's, that's how I feel. Well, there wasn't any uh, football for Saints fans to follow, but it, it was quite pleasing to see that they threw away a 3-0 lead against <laughs> South Bank today. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I, I enjoyed that uh, probably too much. But um I mean, so when, you know, did you start to become uh, a Saints fan or when would you, I mean, going to matches and things like that, when you finally convinced your dad to do it, when would you finally say you were, you kind of became a fan and and that this was your team? It was, unfortunately, it was in the 2004, 2005 season that they got, I started supporting them and obviously they got, they got relegated. Uh, It was a case of, I wanted to support the local team. Southampton was the, the closest team to me and I had quite a few friends at school who'd support them and we had some family friends who would actually go to the game and they took me and my dad to my first game which was at home to Aston Villa unfortunately we went 2-0 up and lost 3-2 the winner score by Aston Villa was actually from by Stephen Davis would you believe and how that he he would come he would come back to be in my view a bit of a Southampton legend a really really nice guy uh yeah 2005, that's when I started. Um, I wasn't the the biggest fan, but as the years went on, the next season in the championship, and then the following season with, you know, with Theo Walcott, Gareth Bale, I became much more much more of a fan. And I'd say every year since then, I've just my love for them has grown to it's now I'd say an unhealthy obsession. Yeah, I'm 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 right there with you. I know you've been to the Southampton Stadium, obviously, and you've been there both as a fan and as commentator uh, through your work with Alan March Sport, but. Um, have you been to any kind of away uh, grounds as a, as a fan that you that kind of stand out in your mind? Absolutely. My, uh, I didn't go to an away game until I was about 16. It was when we were in the promotion season from League One. My first away game was away. Well, 
Technically, my first away game was the game against Bournemouth where we won 3-1 and I had to sit in the Bournemouth end because one of my teachers at school had a spare ticket and I thought, I've got to go to this game. It's the game that everyone's talking about. I've got, I, I, I can't miss it. I can't just listen to the radio, but I've got, I've got to be there. So that was, that was fun sitting on my hands in the home end around some very disgruntled fans who were not pleased when Ricky Lambert smashed one into the top corner. But for me, my favourite away day has got to be the same season. Uh, I went with my, my friend Laurie. We went to Leighton Orient away and we won 2-0. And it was such a beautiful late spring day. It was really nice and warm. And I think as Southampton fans, we almost outnumbered the home fans. We took up one side of the stadium and it was... It was just carnage all day. It was a fantastic away day. I think we won 2-0 in the end. All and right. that was just one of the many wins on the way to promotion. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's always nice to hear the, especially right now, we, we, you know, it, sometimes things aren't, don't seem like they're going as well. Even, uh, you know, we've had a bit of a resurgence under Ralph Hassenhudel. We played much better, uh, but the signs of, of Saints of the past couple of years have still been there. And so it's nice to, when you have somebody with some clear memories of, of some, some days that really, you know, we're, I guess I don't want to say we're fun to go to because I still think the games are, are fun no matter what, but, um, that's, that's from somebody who only gets to go to one every once in a while. So it's, it's, a, it's an experience. Um, but for somebody who, who's, you know, for season ticket holders or whatever, who are going in and seeing the drudgery every, every week, it's, uh, I'm sure it wears on them. So, uh, to, to harken back to, to maybe brighter times, is always nice. Um, growing up, did you have a player that stood out to you? Was it, was it Ricky Lambert? Obviously we're talking on his birthday. Uh, so, so happy birthday to Ricky Lambert. It will be two days, three days removed by the time it's here, but, uh, by the time it airs, but, uh, anybody, anybody stand out if, if it wasn't Ricky, maybe who else? Uh, it was definitely, if it wasn't Ricky and it, I, I'd have to say it would be, it would definitely be members of that team. The likes of Morgan Schneidlin, Kelvin Davis, Josie Font, Adam Lalana, Yes. Maybe to a lesser extent now due to the way he left. But if I was to look back on those times, I wouldn't think badly on Adam. I'd always think of how he was such a wonderfully talented player and basically if it wasn't for him we most likely wouldn't be where we are now purely because in League One we and and to some extent the championship when Lalana didn't play Southampton didn't play even with Lambert on the pitch we just struggled to break down teams and he had that bit of creative skill bit of flair that could just open up a side as I think he still does and probably obviously Liverpool have such a good team now. It's hard to see where Lalana's going to going to going to fit in. I, would I have him back at Southampton? I don't know, but he's certainly a player that I look back on fondly. I'd say it would probably be between be between Ricky Lambert and Adam Lalana. Those two were the dream partnership, really, especially in our in our promotion years. Yeah, and and I think if you could just isolate the the years that Lalana played for the team, and you took away kind of all the extracurricular stuff, I think everybody would love him. You know, because he was one of those players that everybody, everybody talks about how well he played. It's just everything that's happened since. And it's really a shame to see him uh, kind of, I mean, he just ha- hasn't been the same in the past couple of seasons and there's, there's been a couple injuries in there and he's been, then he struggled to get in the team and then, you know, the manager changes and everything else. So who, who knows if he's going to ever get back to that level, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, uh, he's not uh, well liked by a lot of people now. And um, yeah, it's just the way it goes. I guess you, you got to, you got to do what's right for your career if you feel that's right. And sometimes it doesn't work out. And I think Van Dyke will wind up the same way and you know, all that other stuff. But uh, yeah, um, 
I guess another another kind of question about just growing up and, and watching the team is is there a goal maybe or a, a moment that stands out to you that you remember kind of more than more than the others? Uh, if I was going to pick a goal, it would be more recent than those times in the League One in the Championship. But my favorite goal was Kuke Martina against Arsenal, where from just out of the blue, he bent it with the outside of his foot from about 30 yards out. No one expected it. And when everyone saw him lining up to take the shot, you thought, oh, God, this is going to go out of the stadium. And to see it just slam into the bottom corner, my friend and I just looked at each other. It's like, what has actually happened? He's... <laughs> That game was so strange because before the game, we were, I think during the time, Southampton were really, really struggling. And we were like, Arsenal at home, we're going to get battered. They're in good form. And I just said to him on the way to the ground, you know, Kuka Martinez is just going to score from 40 yards out and we're going we're gonna to win. And he was like, yeah, yeah, of course. And that happened. And he was like, OK, OK, that, that, that was a good prediction. I, he said, what's the next goal going to be? And I said, well, Shane Long's going to score from five yards out. We both laughed at each other because, of course, <laughs> we both laughed at each other thinking, Shane Long, five yards? No. And then 2-0, it was Shane Long from five yards. And then we got a corner. I said, Fonte's going to score this. And Fonte did score it. And we looked at each other, and it was almost as if like the X-Files music was going on. I thought, I want to go home. I'm calling too much. Why did I not put money on this? Right. Yeah, your, your accumulator could have been just out of this world with those three guys all scoring, you know? Exactly. But if I was going to pick uh, not a goal, but a moment, it would probably be the comeback against MK Dons in League One where Jonathan Fort came on and we were 2-0 down and he scored two goals with two touches in one minute. And he was, in my opinion, not the best of players, but who knows, would we be where we are now if he hadn't have scored those two goals? You never know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's... I mean, it sounds like you have, even though you maybe didn't grow up uh, a fan of the, of the game, it seems like the in the time that you've been around, you've been around through kind of the, I don't want to say the worst of it, but when the team was really kind of going through some 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 leaner times, I guess, in, in terms of uh, going down, dropping down to League One and, and coming back through. So, and, and it sounds like you and, and a lot of the people who were the fans during that time even though it wasn't necessarily what they wanted or what have wanted to see happen to the team, those years were kind of a lot of fun, I think. Yeah, they were huge amounts of fun. I look back on them with great fondness and certainly through the, the Pellegrino season and to an extent Claude Puel, you sort of look back and think, wow, those were, those, those were really good times. It was, it, it was a really good time to be a fan. Although we were down, down in League One, it was a case of every weekend the chances of us winning the match were incredibly high. We had a fantastic team. Uh, you felt that you could connect to the players more so than I think now. And I think that's why, especially the summer where we lost, where we sold Lambert, Lalana, I think that's what a lot of fans, it hit hard because those were legends that were suddenly just being the team that they grow. You felt as a fan, you grew with the team. You wanted... You didn't want Lambert to score in the Premier League just because it would be a goal for Southampton. You wanted him to score in the Premier League because he, he, he had earned it. He had taken the club by the scruff of the neck and, and pulled it on his own almost up, up back through the leagues. And to, for him to score in the Premier League, you're like, get in Southampton, get in Ricky. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I have some questions about uh, you in terms of, of working for Alan March Sport and kind of the, the, the role that that plays. And in my... In, in doing the show, um, I want to say last season, I talked with Dan and Steve Jarvis and, and, and Steve uh, is, is the father of Dan and, and they are uh, 
Dan goes to to a ton of away games and and home and away, and he's he's been around a, a while. And Steve is also a really big fan of the team. But Steve um, lost his sight, is legally blind as a result of an accident, um, kind of when Dan was was a young child. And so uh, he uses the service that Alan March Sport and and prior to that, uh, I think other services uh, provided. So um, when I kind of heard that you were one of the commentators for this and, and provided the service that they were, I, I think two of the people that popped into my mind right away. And, um, I, I know that having talked to Dan and, and Steve, that they are very thankful, uh, uh, for the, um, the services that, that you guys provide. And so I, I, I didn't know if you know that, or if you know any, but any of the people personally who use the service. So, um, that, that I just wanted to pass that on to you. And, and um, can you just tell me, I guess, a little bit about Alan March Sport and, and what they do in terms of audio production for the, the Southampton and some of the other Premier League teams in terms of uh, what they provide for fans, I guess? Yeah, um, first of all, it's wonderful to hear such positive feedback. Obviously, what we want to do is bring the game to, the game to life for those who uh, are, are blind or, and, and visually impaired because they still... They still they still love the game. They they love their team and they want to follow it just as any other fan would. So it's wonderful to hear uh, such positive feedback. I actually did uh, message uh, Dan you a, a couple of months back actually, actually, because the Southampton media team did a piece on both he and Steve, right, right. and I got in contact and they said that Dan would commentate to uh, Steve and say some joke about how some of the other teams' uh, services were a bit biased towards their own team. But I got into, I, I, I chatted with, with Dan and I sent him a message saying, do you know, just making you aware, I don't want to take you, take the bond you have with your father about you commentating to him away or anything, but just so you know, we do have the service there available. Should, should you want, he said he, he was used, his dad was using it and he really, really, really liked it. So that, that, that is great to hear. In terms of how we operate, operate. So yeah, it's just providing the, audio descriptive commentary for, for, for those fans, just trying to bring the, bring the game to life. Um, whilst Alan Mark Sport have other services, they do other stuff like uh, announcements and, and, uh, and commentary. The entirety of the commentary team at Southampton is, uh, is voluntary. This is, we, we don't get paid to do this. We do it for the love of the game and to provide this service for, for the fans. And as I said, it, it, it's great that, those who are using the, the service are, are really, really enjoying it. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. And I guess for you guys doing the the commentary and stuff and, and doing all that, I know it's um, one of the things that Dan mentioned before with when you go away, sometimes it's not as clear as to how to get a hold of the services and, and all that stuff. So he would be kind of telling me stories of, of him running around away grounds trying to find the, the stuff. And, and sometimes the way that away grounds are situated um, I think even Southampton have it where away fans, you're kind of restricted in terms of where you can go. So sometimes it's got outside the ground all the way around and all this other stuff. So um, hopefully now that I, I, I bet at home, the home fans at least have a, a pretty easy, easy time doing it. But um, in terms of, of presenting or commentating, I mean, was that always something you wanted to do? And then how did you wind up becoming involved with, with Alan March sport uh, when, when it, when it all started? Cause I think you guys took over St. Mary's or, or Southampton, um, in terms of providing that in 2018, I think in September. Yeah, it's a completely new service for this season. It actually missed the uh, the first game of the season against uh, Burnley just purely to find find these commentators and and to get the service up and running. Yeah, new this season. Um, 
yeah, I've I've always wanted to work in football. That's been my my dream, but I've also known that that's quite an ambitious dream. So whilst I haven't focused on it, I went to university. I got my degree. I've also just been working in uh, in other jobs, and this opportunity came up over the summer. Southampton had this uh, advertisement on their website from Alan March Sports saying looking for this for commentators for this new commentary service. Just send in. Uh, a couple of hundred words on why you think you suit the role in about 45 seconds to 90 seconds of your commentary. It can be real, it can be made up. And I thought, I, I might as well put my hat into the ring. I mean, what's what's the worst that can happen? They say no, and I think, right. well, this this wasn't for me, or I can I can always try again another time. But they said, uh, they said, yeah, and invited me to the training day, and thankfully I got through the training day. The, every, everyone there was was really good, so it was a lot of a uh, lot of competition for the four spots that were available. So I went in thinking, again, if I don't get it, then this is a really interesting day on how I can improve as a as a commentator. I mean, when I when I was younger, the only commentary experience I actually have was maybe. I had a I had a PSP and I'd play FIFA on it on the school bus and maybe under my breath I'd just commentate to myself on the game that I was playing and certainly got a few weird looks from other people thinking why on earth are you commentating on a video game but I thought it sort of it paid off in a way. I mean that's a really interesting kind of story that that in terms of how you got into it and I can say that we have a a school YouTube channel and we tried to broadcast some sports uh, last year and and trying to find. Um, you know, we, we had kids who could do American football. They did great. We had kids who could do basketball. Okay. Volleyball. My wife did, and she did great. We tried to do some, 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 some soccer, some, some football games, and it was just not, I mean, it was bad. And, uh, even to the point where I tried to do one and I was just like, I don't, I can't keep up with, uh, the, we have rolling substitution. So the, the players are constantly changing. We're too far away. Uh, you know, just trying to run everything in, it was just a, a disaster. So uh, a lot of kudos to you guys for being able to to put it all together. Thank you. It, it is, when we were doing the training, it is tough to to keep up with, play the most difficult game I'd say I've done this this season would be the Manchester City game and especially the first half because I, I've never had to keep up with play as much as I had to do for that game. Manchester City were phenomenal. Uh, the ball would be on one side of the pitch and within a couple of seconds they'd flicked it about three passes onto the other side and you've got you've got to keep up with where the ball is every second where every movement so to keep up with Manchester City was definitely a test I really enjoyed doing it because once you have got your pace the pace of way of, of, of speaking it because it just it rolls off it rolls off the it rolls off the tongue but at the first five minutes of just getting up to speed with how they were playing was uh, was tough. It was very tough. I mean, it, I mean, I guess if everybody could just line up and play four four two and just stay pretty rigid, it'd be a lot easier, right? Absolutely. When Manchester United came to town, they played a really weird formation with I think only one centre back and they were uh, well one recognised defender. My my co commentator Nick and I just looked at each other and we're thinking, how how on earth have they lined up? And thankfully um, for that game. Through some family and friend connections, uh, I was able to chat a bit with Arlo White, the commentator for NBC. Yeah, and he was the, he he was at the game, and we went. We'd, I'd had a conversation with him before the game, and he'd give me a few tips. He he was there. We had a good chat about furthering myself in the field, that that kind that kind of thing. But we went over to him with the team sheets, and he 
he was as perplexed as we were. He's thinking, I have no idea how they've lined up. This we can't make heads or tails of it either. Uh, did, now I'm going to I'm going to stray here from the, the the written notes here. But did Arlo White? Did you get a look at his at his notes at his board at the colorful kind of thing? Did you get Did you get a glimpse of that? Because he sometimes he shows it off on Instagram uh, on a story. He'll he'll kind of uh, just say, "Look, this is some of the preparation. This is how I do it." And uh, that's always super fascinating to me. The the kind of amount of work I guess that that people don't realize what goes into behind the scenes. He doesn't just get up there. You don't just get up there and and magically know everything. This takes this takes preparation, right? Absolutely. And yeah, he actually brought over his uh, his notes to us because. Uh, our commentary position was just to the right of his. So uh, before the game, during halftime, he'd come over and just show us uh, what, what he was doing, like his his match notes. And yeah, absolutely. The colourful board is, is definitely a real thing. He actually has one team on one side and one on the other. And he told me that during the match, he would flip them over depending on which team has possession of the ball. And yeah, that that's, that's, his, that's his style of doing the preparation. My own style which is still being still being honed it's never you never have a wrong or right style my one is i have separate separate few pages of of notes just about about the game whilst i will have over a two-page spread each team the likely lineup they're going to play with with a few of their like a few facts and figures about the players for for example for the cardiff match i'd have Nathan Redmond and in big bold writing say six goals in ten appearances under Hassan Hootel, like key player, that kind of thing. I don't know. It's it's just crazy the the amount of stuff that goes into it that that uh, people don't realize. But um, for those those people who haven't ever used the service, maybe who because uh, it's I mean I'm sure there's a limited number of the uh, of the devices and stuff that you guys are able to provide. But like yeah. how how different is it from what you're doing to what maybe the the TV commentators are doing, or is it is it, this, is it similar or are you trying to do something different because the people um, that are using the service, obviously they can't, they, they, they don't, they can't, I guess, see the pitch. And so you're, you have to, do you have to do a little bit more or how does that work? Well, you've hit the nail on the head as it were for TV, people watching, the, watching the TV, they obviously they can, they can see the play in front of them. So if the commentator was to start just saying, every player that has the ball, exactly what direction the ball was going in. You'd think the viewer might think, well, hang on, I don't actually need to know this. I, I, I can see it for myself. Um, for audio description, what we're told when we were doing the training with Alan Mark Sport, the key thing was where is the ball? It doesn't matter if you, who has it, and if you don't get the name out, not a problem. As long as, you, as, long as the person listening knows where the ball is all the time, then then you're fine and you can build you, that. That is the framework that you can build from. So with audio description, it's very much every passage of play where the, where the ball is, where, what direction it's, what direction it's gone in, maybe the pace of the ball, what is the direct, what is, what players have made certain runs. And that's really helpful for having two, two people commentating. So what we'll do is we'll do 15 minutes on 15 minutes off of taking the lead so the other person can be, if you're keeping up with the ball, they can say when the ball's got out of play. What was really interesting about that attack was the, sh- the run by Shane Long. He tried to get to the front post. The ball just missed him, but it was really good attacking play from, from Shane Long. Um, audio description, it's not, it's not just about the, the play. Some, we want to bring to life everything about the game. So during the match, it could be... Not that Yannick Vestergaard has got the ball, but as he's bringing it forward, you say he's got his long blonde hair in a bun today instead of uh, down by his shoulders, or maybe he's got 
blue boots today, whereas last weekend he had he had red. So we're trying to describe everything about it, and when in the build-up for when the teams come out, when the referee and the when the teams teams come out, we want to. Recently, Southampton, I think, for quite a lot of their home games, have had the the pyrotechnics, the flames, and the uh, the fireworks before the match on out on either side of the tunnel. So we'll explain and describe that to them, different colours that are coming out, um, even to how many groundsmen are on each each, each half dealing with the little divots caused by the training before before the match. So, yeah, it's it's very much uh, keeping up. When when the ball is in play, you can't focus on anything uh, around that. You can't talk about what uh, any interesting stats. I mean, if, if, if maybe there's a stoppage there, players down, in, players down injured, you can't go to a break or anything. You've got to keep on talking about different part, points of the match. And if it's an exciting match, that's quite easy to do. But when the ball is moving, you just concentrate on where the ball is all the time and you keep the listener up to date with the the score, uh, and even uh, like is the ball on the near side, far side, that that kind of thing. And is there like a, a section of of the of the the ground that is able to get this device that you guys provide, or are are these things spread all around to home fans, away fans, uh, Kingsland Stand, you know, everywhere else? Yeah, it's actually so that for other for other clubs that they provide the service, that's not in Forest. It's a case of you ask a steward for a receiver they'll bring it they'll bring it to you whereas at um southampton we have it that you would book normally you can book before before the game you call you call the the call call the line i don't actually have that on me at the moment unfortunately but you would call them up and they okay well we'll put that in the show notes yeah you'd call them up and it would actually be at your seat. They they take it to your seat. Uh, that's with with your ticket. So when you get there, either before the game, uh, well, sorry, definitely before kickoff, you'd have the receiver brought to you, and you just plug in uh, either the headphones provided or your headphones that you brought brought with you. And it's for both home and away fans. And you you just plug in, and it's it's a very simple device to use. It's just got the volume button is the on and off button. So you just turn the um, the, the little screw round and that hey presto it, it's on and you're listening to the service when it's on yeah it's it, we're trying to make it it's all about act, act, giving these these fans access to the game that they love and we're trying to make it as simple as possible yeah that, i think that's great i think that's awesome um i guess just a couple more questions on on this because it's i mean as obviously somebody who's doing a, an audio podcast i think audio is is, is a pretty powerful thing and um, whether I've just bought into the entire hipster podcast thing over the past couple of years, uh, or, or not, I, I do, I do feel that there's something when it's, you know, when I'm not, I'm not, there's no visual there. So like I am engaged 100% in, in the audio of the, of the, uh, of the show that I'm listening to. And, and it's replaced in large part, uh, most of the TV I watch. So it's, uh, it, it, I, I don't know, it's, it's special for me, I think. So I'm, I have some questions here, but, um, I mean, in terms of of when you get ready to go on air, essentially, do you, do you still get nervous, or did you get nervous before, or have you have you kind of uh, been able to suppress that, or are you just not somebody who gets very nervous kind of before you go live? I, at the very start of the first few games, I was very nervous. This is for me like always something that I've always wanted to do, and I'd I was so scared that I was going to get something wrong, say something something bad like accidentally curse or something like that and be like oh god i'd be terrified of making a mistake now i'm more excited about going live because we we start 
the, the coverage starts about 45, 40 minutes before kickoff. So we can, uh, whoever is doing, whoever the commentary team is, we'll, we'll do uh, basically some match build up, some conversation about both sides, describe what's going on on the pitch. Um, so I think I think there's there's still nerves. I think it would be bad if there if there wasn't any nerves because that might show overconfidence and then you might make a mistake more easily. But for uh, for now for me it's nerves and but definitely excitement. I I I really really love really love doing it and bringing the game to life for 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 these fans and it, it it's a really good service that uh, that Alan March Sport provide so yeah it's excitement it's what it's watching football and uh, talking about football it, it i i can't really say say anymore to explain that it's just something i've always wanted to do yeah i'm i'm right there with you obviously as we are as we are here um has there ever been a moment though that you've been up there you know commentating and it's a unique kind of i think viewpoint their vantage point that you get to see um but has there ever been a time where you wish Maybe you were down there as a fan uh, for for any moment. Well, for one one moment, uh, I wish I could have been a fan for the Charlie Austin goal that was disallowed against wrongly disallowed against Watford because I couldn't understand why it hadn't been given, and I did. I think both my co-commentator and myself did so well at that time just to not suppress rage, but you know, just a lot, lots of fans around us were very very angry that that goal hadn't been given, and we we. I, we we described the goal. I mean, it was a good thirty seconds afterwards that the goal hadn't been given. I mean, the celebrations had di- died down. It was just a case of I wanted to be a fan and just sort of let off a bit of steam. But obviously, you've got to keep your cool as a commentator and just take them through it. What's happened? Why it hasn't been disallowed? And that was such a difficult uh, question uh, to to answer for for the listeners because we didn't we didn't know. We don't. We're not in a position where we actually have. Um, replays, but that 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 may be a, a bad one. But in terms of uh, a goal, it would definitely be the first twenty minutes of uh, the game against Manchester United when we took the two nil lead, and especially for Cedric's free kick. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I, I may have gone a little bit crazy had I actually been allowed to as a fan. Yeah, that was uh, out of nowhere. You know that I wasn't expecting that, and when he hit it, it was. I mean. Pretty much as soon as he hit it, you could tell that that was guy was going in. It was beautiful. So uh, as he like, was lining, as he was lining up, it was a case of this is going in. There's no other place that this is going. Yeah, he's definitely not. He's not lining up to put it into the area. You know, he's he's not doing that. So uh, good for him. Good for him. I mean, I always say that when I started doing the podcast, it did change the way I I watched the team a little bit. It changed the way that I approached my kind of Saturday mornings and my Sunday mornings, and it's. Um, it's probably made me a little bit healthier in terms of, uh, you know, I don't stay up as late if I have an early morning recording just cause it, it doesn't work. You know, you, it doesn't, yeah. uh, it doesn't sound good. And any, anyway, so does this job or this service that you provide, does it, does it change the way that you watch the team? Does it change the way you kind of view the, the game as a whole or anything, or is it just kind of, you just get to talk about it more than maybe you would if you were just in the stands? I haven't actually been to a home game as a fan since I started doing this. Uh, even when the, when the team is away, I'm back to being uh, a, a usual Southampton fan, especially I was incredibly disappointed when Burnley got that penalty. My girlfriend will vouch for that, that I wasn't, wasn't, wasn't happy. But in terms of actually being there at the ground, I find, I, unfortunately the way the season has gone, especially at the start, it, has, it hasn't gone too well. So, I guess it's made me more numb to Southampton conceding because I've I 
we've got to exp- describe the moment a team scores with as much enthusiasm as when Southampton score because it's available for both home and away fans. You whilst you maybe you put in a tiny, tiny bit of bias because Southampton is the is the team that you a lot of the audience will be fans of. You still got to uh, describe the moment that another team scores and unfortunately last weekend. I went through the euphoria of Jack Stevens getting a last-minute equaliser. I thought it was a point rescued. And then I still had to describe with the same enthusiasm Cardiff nicking it right at the very end. And although inside I was feeling just disbelief and just complete horror that we'd thrown yet another point away, on the outside, all of my energy that, as a fan, I may have put into being angry and disappointed, it was actually being channeled into... Describing the goal for the for the Cardiff fans with as much glee as if Southampton had scored, and I think that's made me, again, more immune to Southampton losing because when I exit when I when I exit the stadium after the game, any energy that I would have spent being disappointed has all been used up during the actual commentary. And when you when you're done, are you just exhausted? Is it is it kind of this because you you have to be kind of on edge or on air, you know, or, or ready kind of with that enthusiasm for for ninety or it sounds like over two hours because you guys go on so early, but I mean, when when you're done, are you pretty are you pretty drained? It is pretty pretty draining. I have to I have to say, especially if you're the commentator that takes you through the final 15 minutes of the game, because a lot of stuff, unfortunately, for Saints this season has happened in that time and not <laughs> not not good. Uh, but it's yeah, it is it is quite tiring as a someone who's new to this in a somewhat professional uh, no in a professional capacity. It's definitely. A, a new thing talking for quite a long time is and at different speeds different levels of enthusiasm it's enthusiasm it's definitely it's yeah it, it once you finish and you're out the stadium you're thinking i just i just want to go get on the train and quite a lot of the time i will get home and i think domino's pizza i think yeah yeah that i i can i can understand that um i mean do you have a do you have a routine on match day that that maybe People just don't have any idea of. But do you do you do the same kind of preparation every day or every time, or do you do that you know in the week leading up to it? Or what's your what's your match day routine if you have one? I normally start the notes after, or maybe a couple of days after Southampton have had their last game, and if they don't have an, an away game in that time, I will do the notes because then I can put down definite statistics of who, uh, how many goals each player has scored, and possibly if I do it because normally press conferences are on a Thursday, I'll maybe finalise it on a Thursday because then I know which players are likely to play, which ones are out injured. And then on the Friday before the game, or the day before the game, there'll be a lot of match previews up that you can just have a look at what other people, like for the BBC, they'll put up a few match stats that maybe you think, oh, I could use that in the pre-match discussion. I I, I didn't I didn't know that it was a certain amount of games that uh, Southampton have won against this side. And on the actual match day, we arrive about three hours before kickoff. It's a long day. Um, and we're let into the stadium about three hours before. Um, we'll go up, we'll set up the, the equipment and make sure that the equipment's working. Give it a few, um, a few sound checks and we'll go and get, uh, we'll go down to the offices in St. Mary stadium to collect. Cause we need a receiver ourselves to, check that what we're saying is actually coming through to these to 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 them and we'll be able to see down there just how many people are using the service today or how many people have booked in advance because whilst you can book in advance you can book you can get it on the day as well mm-hmm. uh, depending on the amount of receivers that we have free 
But yeah, after that, we had equipment. We're allowed in the press lounge, so we'll then go and grab some uh, grab some food grab that they serve before the game. We'll chat about uh, chat about the match. Uh, they normally have the if it's a Saturday game, they'll have uh, the lunchtime kickoff on in in the press lounge. So we'll watch that. And sometimes it's a good game, sometimes it's not. But then we'll go out maybe about maybe maybe about when the teams are announced. We'll we'll go up and get get everything ready, get our notes all in, all prepared. Uh, talk about how many changes each side has made, and then about quarter past two, if it's three o'clock or twenty past two, we'll make we'll, we'll get on air. And the key thing we do then is let, let the listener know what our commentary position is, because as good as you can describe what's happening on the pitch, if you haven't said what your perspective is of the of the game, then they don't know if you're sat in the northern stand, the chapel stand, and we're we're always uh, this season we've been sat high in the Kingston stand just to the right of the TV gantry at the very top okay so we're just to the right of the halfway line right at right at the very top and we'll say how we've got the northern stand to our left we've got the chapel to our right we've got the itching um opposite on the opposite side of the pitch with the tunnel um uh, down below and we'll say where the away fans are we'll describe what's on on the pitch and then as the we get closer to kickoff we'll talk about the teams coming out and then, then we got the game. We'll at halftime. We will. We, we need a break ourselves. So, and the a lot of the listeners want to go and get something from uh, down down below, like a, a coffee or something. Um, so we'll give a quick couple of sentences just to summarise for the first half. Then a couple of minutes before uh, second half, we'll, we'll we'll come back on talk about big chances in the first half. And then we'll go all the way to full time. And then after full time, we just we just round things up. And then that's us done. Pack up. And try and uh, get to the station before the train before the train leaves. <laughs> yeah, a priority. Uh, you know, you don't want to be... exactly. Well, I I, I live um, in a place where the trains only come actually go to the to the station once an hour. So if I miss that one, it's a it's a it's a long time waiting. And they actually had last weekend replacement bus services, which uh, basically they had engineering works, so they couldn't open the station, and they had buses uh replace the trains to take you there and it was a disorganized mess i think is a kind way of putting it i guess for you you were currently you're 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 commentating on the matches you are you were volunteering your time but uh you mentioned kind of this is something you would like to do is there are you looking actively looking for opportunities or are you are you just enjoying this as it comes right now i'm enjoying it as it comes right now i mean I'm very grateful that Alan White Sport has given me this opportunity to not only commentate in, on football, but to commentate on the team that that I love. Um, I, I'm just seeing, I'm I'm just seeing where it goes, where it goes at the moment. Uh, obviously, maybe opportunities may come up in the future. If they don't, then I can at least say that I spent a season commentating on the team I support. But I I, I'd, I would love it to go further. It would be it would be fantastic. Uh, as as I said, this is. This, this this is the goal, as it were. Yeah. Um. A couple of weeks ago, I was able uh, Thanksgiving around Thanksgiving, I was able to talk with Chris Mackey, who is uh, he he works for Whistle Sports and he does a bunch of stuff on YouTube and he is a uh, he he's a he's a fascinating guy and I was I was more than than blessed to be able to talk with him for like over two hours and and put out an episode with him. But um, one of the things he was he he kind of stressed is is he's you know just. If you want to work in football, there are a lot of ways to be able to do it. And whether it's it's doing what I'm doing, which is sitting here doing a, a free show that I just really enjoy. And it's it's a 
you know, I get to talk to people like you and I get to talk to people like, like him and, and just fans and, you know, Dan and Steve and everybody else in between. Um, and then, you know, so kind of what you're doing, you are getting to work in football. And even if it's not maybe the, at this moment, the thing that makes you money, you're enjoying it, you're learning it's, uh, it's, and you're, you're providing a fantastic service. So, um, I don't know if that fits in the show or not. That may get cut out, but that's something that, that popped in my mind as we, as you were saying that right there. So, yeah, then we were actually told on, cause the, the, we got a training match. The Southampton against Leicester game at the start of the season was we weren't actually commentating to any fan. It was commentating to someone from Alan Mike Sport. He was just listening in on us, giving us tips, giving us uh, feedback on what we were doing. And he said, as we were leaving the stadium, that there are fans who come to the matches who have been season ticket holders for 30, 40, 50 years who don't have, never had the access that we as uh, as commentators have had and it's just it's a, it's a privilege to 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 work at Southampton and I, yeah people I talk to people about what I do and they say don't don't you want to get paid and I say I look this is amazing I I I am happy I am so happy with the situation right now if you would have asked me uh, say 10 years ago I would have I would have been that guy like you're not getting paid what are you doing and now I think my perspective has changed so much and I'm not sure why I, I can't, I can't put my finger as to, uh, as to why um, it, it has, but I just think there's, there's so much joy to be had in doing something that you love with the team that you love is even better. And I don't know, that that's just something I think I, I it really, I, I feel you, I relate to that, I guess a, a lot. So um, yeah, I mean, is there anything else maybe about Alan March sport that, uh, or your commentary kind of stuff that, that you want to make sure we, we talk about here? Um, I would, well, first of all, it, it, I need to make it clear. It's not, it's not just me providing the service. We have a team of four commentators on the Southampton audio description service. It's myself. We've got Callum, we've got Nick and we've got Andy and they, they, they're all fantastic. It's a, they're a really nice group of people. Um, they're all really, really talented. It's a joy. It's a joy working with them, and we all have chemistry with each other. Of when we're doing our pre-match shows, pre-match build-up. So uh, I just want to make the listeners aware that I, I, I'm not the. This is not a one-man team by any way. Sure. We, we're we're all in it together. And I'd I, I'd definitely say, am I am I the best commentator out of all of them? I certainly I certainly wouldn't say that. I think we've got some very talented guys in there. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, I mean, now not all four of you are on air at the same time, I'm, I'm guessing. No, uh, it's just, it's just two for, for a match day. It's just a team of two. Um, there were, there were talks about at the start, maybe it's a team of three, but we've, it's, it's gone for a, a team of two now. And that just gives not only someone that you can just bounce off ideas with during the match, but also to give you a rest. Uh, because again, we're, I uh, certainly, I'm I'm very experienced in 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 this. This is my first gig as a commentator, as it were, and yeah, maybe you don't have the uh, the stamina. You've got to build up the stamina as well as I go forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, I know we don't have a match obviously this weekend, and the team has been away in Tenerife. But I, I guess just as a from your perspective with uh, with some of the stuff, I mean, how do you feel about how the team is looking right now? I know that. That when Ralph came in, uh, it was we were at a weird spot. I think Ralph was an appointment that everybody was excited about, and I don't think very many people saw it coming. Um, and you know he's he's had us playing 
pretty well. We've had a couple of dud matches, but I think that happens. And we yet we find ourselves right in in the relegation zone at the moment. And over a two week break is never the best time to be sitting there. I think just us sitting one position higher would have been uh, a little bit. Uh, I think everybody feels a little bit better. And last week's episode was definitely uh, feeling the effects of that after the uh, the conceding late to Burnley. But I mean, how how do you as a fan, I guess, look at at, at what we're doing on the pitch and, and how are you feeling right now, given what Ralph's been able to do in the short time that he's been with the club? Well, the past three games have been somewhat disappointing in terms of the number of points that we've managed to get. I mean, two, two points from those, those three games. I mm-hmm. think a lot of people would have looked at that total and, you know, think, well, I wonder if Mark Hughes would have done, done better. No, I'm not, I'm not going to go there because I, 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 I think we even if he had got more points out of those games, I think we'd be well and truly, well and truly down if he was still here. I think I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm really happy that we've got Ralph. I think he's, uh, he's done terrifically well so far. We've certainly seen an improvement in the way that the team plays in individual import, in performances, such with uh, Ward Prowse and certainly Nathan Redmond. Um, yeah, the last three games haven't gone well, but I'm confident that he will, he will pull us out of this mess. Yeah, I, I, it was difficult to put that into perspective last weekend um, in the immediate aftermath of the match. But I do think there are a lot of positive signs for the team. And, and you know, maybe the investment needed to be there. We, we looked a little short uh, winning with things out. We, we don't quite look like we have it. But uh, I think that against, against Arsenal and United, I think maybe, I mean, United are playing pretty well right now, but... Uh, I think against Arsenal, yeah, maybe we have a better shot of getting getting something from those matches than than a team who's going to sit back and and just defend like like Cardiff did. Um, and then I don't think I'm not sure that that Fulham are are defensively sound enough to to be able to sit deep. So maybe they'll they'll just attack and try to out outdo us. Maybe that I think that game potentially has the the or has the potential, I should say, to 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 be a high scoring affair if uh, if if things go well or badly. I guess depending on how you look at it. Yeah, I actually I think Fulham is a must-win game. I don't think there's any other 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 result that we can look on as a positive one. I think not that we're relegated if we don't win it, because obviously there's still ten, eleven games left to get points. But if we want to have a real shot of staying up, then Fulham is definitely the one that we need need to win. And we. It doesn't matter if we don't win it well. If it comes, if we win one nil and it comes off Vestergaard's backside and goes into the net in the eight, in the ninety fifth minute, that will be fine. It's just the three points that we're after at the, the moment from that one. But like you said earlier with Arsenal, and Manchester United, I'm actually not com- not confident enough that I think we'll go there and we'll get get the result straight from straight from kickoff. But I. I completely understand that Hassan Hootel's style is definitely more suited to teams that don't sit back and have 11 men behind the ball at all the, all the time like Cardiff did because against Cardiff it was so clear that we struggled to break them down whereas his style is very much win the ball high up the pitch and if you do that again, I mean Arsenal we saw on Thursday they, they lost quite an embarrassing Europa League game to a team that isn't even on the FIFA game. And, <laughs> you know, we actually played them. The last time we played Arsenal, they just come off a Europa League game and we beat them. So uh, I, I'm actually more confident of getting a result against them than I would have been 
before Hassan Hootel came. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we have a couple of questions from from listeners, uh, from both from Instagram and then, or sorry, from Twitter and from um, the Patreon group chat on Discord, which is one of the things that uh, patrons get if they buy on any level is is access to this kind of chat, which is exciting sometimes. Sometimes it is not. I think that's with any group chat. But anyway, um, so one of the things that, that the patrons do is they get a uh, priority for having their questions answered on the show. And Justin Woodward is the newest patron. Uh, and so he says, question for the podcast. He says, what do you think Ralph Haas and Hoodle's main focus has been with the team during the trip to Tenerife uh, and in the coming weeks? So I guess just, you know, having come off that loss to, to Cardiff uh, in the manner that it happened, there hasn't been a ton in the media about what they were doing. I mean, it looked like it looked like it was nice. It looked like they were working really hard as well. Um, definitely was not a a beachside kind of uh, hanging out and enjoying the drinks. It was definitely looked like they were working. But I mean, what do you think the focus has been uh, just with with the team? And maybe if it was you there, what what would you kind of think they would be focusing on, or what would you focus on? Well, I certainly hope he's put the players through a few shooting drills just so they can actually get the ball on target. That would be fantastic. Um, but no, in, in all seriousness, probably he's probably if anything, if anything mentally, he's given. I, I hope he's been instilling some belief into the players. They might be. I'd expect them to be certainly very demoralised after such a poor return from those three fixtures that we've just had. And he'll want to let them know that they can do it. They know that they can do it. So, uh, but on the pitch, just a way of hopefully breaking these team these teams that are going to come and sit back because the first few games people didn't really know how Hassan Hutel would play or they'd have a little idea but they would get it wrong especially when Arsenal came came to town but now teams will will look at the performance of Cardiff and think well if we do that then Southampton are going to really really struggle and teams who are much better than Cardiff who can do that are going to find it very easy to sit back and score score a couple of chances that they will have so I hope that he will be one, if if, it, if 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 I was the manager, a training drill that I would have would be to really um, pack the penalty area or the area around the penalty area and just tell uh, almost like an attack against defence scenarios, like break that down, find a way to get the ball through those kind of situations, and you will score and get the points in these important games. I think that's just it. It's it's we definitely lack that ability to to pick the lock, and I think maybe we lack that player in midfield um, to do it, but. We'll have to we'll have to see and and I hope that uh, I mean I am not a coach I have, I I think that Hassan Hudel will have been able to to look at that and and, and I think he's probably has a way to to do that or at least some some ideas to try more so than than I think you or I would 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 potentially come up with because um, on FIFA I am definitely the counter attacking team with just I want the fastest players in the world on either flank and I just get to put balls in the middle but. Um, People figure that out on FIFA too, and then I lose. So anyway, um, Dan, who's at Holy Hoiberg, asks uh, from a commentary standpoint, what's your favorite name to pronounce and your favorite commentary moment? Name to pronounce is actually the first game that we did live was against Brighton. And they have a player called Alireza Jachenbach, which I look, on paper, it looks like a complete mouthful and like someone's got um, alphabetty spaghetti and just put all the names together, all the letters together to see what they can come up with. And the, we were Andy, who I was doing the commentary with. We were both, we were so thankful that he was on the bench because we're thinking if we've got to get, he's he's a big player for them. He's at the time he's one of their record signings. If they start him, he's going to get the ball a lot, and we're going to have to say his name a lot. 
And thankfully, he was on the bench. And then in the second half, Brighton had the audacity to bring him on. <laughs> and we both, we both laughed as we saw the number come up. And we thought, oh, God, who... Who, who, who has the fun of pr trying to pronounce this guy's name? So, yeah, it would definitely be him. In terms of best commentary moment, it's quite limited considering I've, it, this has only been going since September. Well, yeah, but and, and what we've seen, you know, it hasn't been great. <laughs> I would say, uh, first of all, again, it was in the Brighton game. I I was lucky enough to get to commentate on the Hoybier goal from about 30 yards out. And that was, that was, the, fir that was the first goal I'd actually commentate in this in this career of actually commentating on. So that was, that was fantastic. I was a surprise to think as many fans were in the, the ground that when he took a shot from range that it had gone in. So I definitely say that one. Yeah. That, uh, I don't think any of us were expecting that. And uh, I don't know. He's had some, some shocking uh, attempts from, from uh, we'll just go with Steph Curry range for all the American listeners, or even some of the guys who just like basketball. That was, uh was way from way out, way out there. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, the season, I don't want to say has been a, a disappointment because it sounds like, like maybe just we're being negative, but in, in, in truth and looking at it all, looking at where we're standing, it, it, the season isn't where we want to be. Obviously that Ralph has done a lot to improve the team. And I think the team is, is, is maybe enjoyable to watch now, uh, more so than it was under Hughes Pellegrino and even, uh, people would argue under Powell. And I think, um, that's probably uh, correct. It's exciting to see, uh, it's probably more for you to do as a commentator, um, but also uh, you're probably not sitting there kind of bored and just hoping for something to happen, you know? Yeah, under Hassan Hoodle, the play has become far more exciting. And I've seen a lot of, especially, I, I, I dabble on some of the Southampton forums and just look at different views that people have. And whilst people are, are worried about the results, about especially the performances in the recent games, my own view and I, I don't want to be like forced optimism but I think a lot of people need to remember that this is not Hassan Hootel's team this is a side that he has to deal with until the summer and whilst people may be frustrated that we didn't sign anyone in January I suppose we've seen with people like Carrillo you don't want to sign someone for the sake of signing someone but in the summer if we can, the, the main goal of this season is staying up. I mean, we don't need to worry about whether we want to finish 13th or 14th. All we want to do is just make sure that we're not in the bottom three. Mm. And I'll be fine with that because I think there's going to be a lot to be excited about over the summer because Ralph will have the opportunity not only to have a pre-season with the team, but to build and sign his own players that he think will suit his style. And I think maybe not next season we'll see the true fruits of his labour, but definitely the season towards the end of next season, we'll definitely see the real Southampton side that he wants to make. And I think that's, there's a lot to be excited about that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a very good point that this is, this isn't his team. It's just the team he has at the moment. And I think there's some players who are definitely going to stay that, that fit the style and he's made people uh, miles better. But I definitely think there's some places where he's going to look and say, I need a player who can do this here. And, uh, you know, we saw, we saw kind of a clean out over, over the January transfer window in terms of loans, but uh, I, I imagine some of those things will be made permanent uh, if if he has his way. So we will we will see. And you know what, our our record in the transfer window hasn't been great as of late. We've we've made record signings and, and near record signings, and uh, it just all kind of hasn't worked out. So hopefully uh, all of that gets better. And if, if it only improves as much as the on field kind of aesthetics have improved, I think we'll be just fine. You know, absolutely. And if he can just bring players in that he knows will suit his style, then. Again, 
if he can get us playing like he had Leipzig playing in the German league, then there's a lot to be excited about. All right. All right. Well, um, Tom, this has been a pleasure and I've, I've, I mean, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. I feel like I've gotten uh, a lot of insight into, to what you, you provide in terms of an audio service with, with uh, Alan March sport. And, um, I think it's good for the, the fans to know that, that this is available at other grounds. And, um, I'll try to find the phone number for, uh, booking the service, uh, and, and put it in the show notes in case anybody was unaware, hopefully not, but hopefully everybody knows already, but if not, uh, we'll put it in there and, and if people want to book and, and get a, get a device and have the description there, then we'll have that. So, uh, I think that'll be, that'll be good. But, um, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we wrap this up? Um, just to let people know the other, uh, teams that Alamark Sport provide audio description commentary for, uh, include Crawley, Mansfield, Nottingham Forest and Leicester. Because those are the um, they're based they're based in the Midlands, so a lot of the so around the Nottingham area, around the Leicester area is where this all is, this all got started. So whether Southampton uh, stay up, go down, I would we we will still have the service. Uh, to my current knowledge, the service will roll on to next season, okay. and the club are. Uh, actively searching for more receivers. We currently have only only ten, but the popularity means that a lot of we've sold not not sold out. That's the, that's the wrong word, but uh, yeah, we've used up all of the receivers on several match days. So it's only becoming more more popular. And I'd say to anyone who's listening to this and has listened to the service, any feedback whatsoever, where it's good, bad, points that you like, points that you think we can improve on, always happy to hear them. And hopefully the club then will uh, be able to, to get uh, a few more receivers for those who wish to use the service. And, and yeah, feedback is always good. And um, Tom, this has been, this has been great again, and I really appreciate your time and I've kept you up quite late. So uh, I appreciate you uh, being patient with me as I uh, got ready and my son finished up his, uh, his, his video game as he was mid, uh, I don't know, boss, bad guy thing. And the TV is literally a couple of inches above the microphone. And there was just, no way this was going to happen if we were trying to compete with uh, the non-save point in the game. That's just not going to happen. Absolutely, and I completely understand the situation of the sun. If you're if you're mid boss fight and you know dad's telling you to turn it off, you're not you're, you're not going to be happy. Especially if especially if you're so close to winning. As a as a as a kid, I promised myself I wouldn't be that parent, <laughs> and I almost turned into that parent. Well, thank you very much for having me on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. And yeah, it, it, it's, been, it's been a joy. Thank you very much. No problem, man. Um, we will talk to you next time. And that does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. A special thanks this week goes out to Tom Murray, who's on Twitter at T14Murray. Uh, he's a volunteer commentator for Alan March Sport. And it was fascinating to get uh, kind of some insight into how that all got started and, and the service they provide. And I think it's a fantastic service. And once again, if you or anybody you know uh, can use that service, uh, that that would make their match day experience better. Uh, the link is in the show notes to go ahead and contact the club uh, so you can get a hold of it contact this show on social media at sfc d-e-l-l underscore i-v-e-r-y on twitter and instagram we're also on facebook at facebook.com forward slash sfc delivery there's no underscore in the facebook address and of course the big new thing 
uh, the website, SouthamptonDelivery.com. That has all the links to all the social media, to all the shows, um, to all the different ways you can get in contact with us. And it would really mean a lot if you went and checked it out. The show would not be possible without the support of the patrons at patreon.com slash SFC delivery. Uh, their contributions help keep the show advertisement free. They help make sure we can pay for the hosting and for the website. Uh, and for the month of February, we have donated the proceeds from, from Patreon to help Daryl Grove, who is one of the, uh, another host of a podcast here in the States uh, to help his battle with cancer. So that's what we did with the money this month. But normally it goes for just paying for the stuff that we need for the show for Skype credit and everything else. So if you enjoy the show and if you want uh, access to maybe a private chat, which is something they get, uh, or even extra podcast episodes, you can do that by visiting the Patreon site. Uh, but that's it for that. The show would also not be possible without Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Uh, Matt does the logo for the show, and he now is an official employee of the club. So uh, congratulations to Matt. But uh, check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram for all your match day edits, polls, competitions, and more. In addition to that, uh, the Southampton page on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, uh, huge supporters of the show. Jay has been behind me since day one. It's been fantastic to have his support and to have the rest of the support of all the guys working there. So uh, check those places out. Uh, the music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games, and the intro credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Poddington Bear. Uh, that does it for this week, but we will be back on Friday with a newsletter and back next week with another episode after the Arsenal match. And we'll look ahead to Fulham and Manchester United as we have a number of big games coming up. So uh, that does it for now. Until next time, remember that together we march on.